Disney Sport Primetime. From the Zen Sports Studios, I'm your host, Buck Rising, and I'm proud, as always, to be presented to you by the great people at TrueMav Fitness in the Gulch. You guys know that Tuesdays and Thursdays are my TrueMav days. I'll be in there tomorrow, and you can get your first workout free at TrueMavFitness.com. The Law Offices of Amanda J. Gentry, wherever justice demands, Amanda J. and her crew have you covered. To protect your constitutional rights, you need look no further than AmandaJGentry.com. And Zen Sports, download the app, plug in the promo code ATOZTN, and get up to $1,000 on your No Danger First Wager. Tell you more about their VIP program later on at Zen Sports. So Will Levis spoke to the media today. Uh, he spoke about a variety of different things, but the thing that's at the forefront of everybody's mind is his availability. Will Will Levis play? Will Will Levis not play? All these different things. Will Will Levis is a, th- a tough thing to say back and forth, say it five times fast. I dare you. But uh, as he is a full participant, today, if Will Levis is able, the Titans should let him finish the season, should let him finish the season as the starting quarterback. I believe that is 100% their intent. That matter is not what we're here to dispute this evening, um, although we will get into it in some length, at some length, with your Two Rivers Ford take uh, on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and on Twitch. This is the question. What do you want to see Will Levis improve on most in the Titans' last two games? I don't care whether you want to pl- want him to play or not, um, and it's not because I'm tired of arguing with people about it. It's because it's just what's going to happen. Like, they're going to play him. He's going to play against the Houston Texans. The game doesn't mean anything other than to spoil it for the Houston Texans or spoil it for the Jags in Week 18, and he's going to play in both of them, provided that he's healthy. So instead of debating the merits of playing him versus not playing him, uh, and I'm sure many of you are going to scream about this throughout the course of it. I, I, In fact, I already see him in the comment section. I'm probably just going to keep on rolling with it because I don't really care to get into a discussion about it. I don't think there's there's no discussion to be had. The, the coaching staff has made the decision to play him when he's healthy. So we'll put that to bed. Now, what do you want to see from him most in these last two weeks should he be available also against the Jags? There's a variety of different things that this rookie quarterback needs to improve upon, and I'm going to give you some insights uh, that I found very helpful to kind of understand where Will Levis has been in the first couple of starts that he's made. Bill Barnwell of ESPN wrote a column uh, detailing a variety of different things about how much better Will Levis could stand to be. Because while he has been fun, while he has been refreshing, he's anything but a finished product. And I would hesitate to call him good just yet, just because he's exciting, just because he's done some things that are positive, that show he's making progress. Will Levis is not yet a good starting quarterback in the NFL. We talked about it last night. I don't think there's much of a difference one way or the other if Will Levis starts in that game instead of Ryan Tannehill. Um, there's, There's no question that Will Levis is a better quarterback than Ryan Tannehill at this point in their respective careers. And perhaps Will Levis is able to capitalize in ways that were different from the way that Will uh, that Ryan Tannehill was unable to. But the point stands that as you look at all the different ways that Will Levis has managed through these games and made some plays, but also missed some plays, 
I think it's worth diving into in a little more detail, and we will do so here in just a second. Um, your Two Rivers Ford take is that. What do you want to see Levis improve upon the most in the coming weeks? We'll talk about it together on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and on Twitch. It is, of course, your Two Rivers Ford take. Of course, your Two Rivers Ford take is presented by the great people at Two Rivers Ford. Quality American-made Ford vehicles. Award-winning customer service is what they offer. Two Rivers Ford always goes above and beyond to put you in position to succeed with the vehicle of your dreams. Go to Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet or online at tworiversford.com, just like I said. So where would you like Will Levis to improve, or where would you like to see Will Levis improve the most over the course of the next couple of weeks? There's a variety of different ways that you can dive into this and to kind of evaluate where they are right now. With, uh, with the AFC South and where Will Levis kind of stands, there's going to be probably a little less than half the league that's turning over their quarterback situation. And you can call Tennessee already turned over if you want to. And, I mean, you would be right for all intents and purposes. But he's looked fine. I think he's been fine when he's had time to throw the football. Now, we know whether it's Tannehill, whether it's Levis, whether it's Malik, they don't have time to throw the football. Uh, when last we saw him play against the Houston Texans in that one-score loss, uh, he was 19 of 26 for 199 yards. He had the rushing score uh, in the loss to Houston. He threw an interception and was sacked seven times on 32 total dropbacks by the Texans, who, of course, didn't have Will Anderson, who um, wasn't even active on the day. So Levis had was sacked three times on two drives in the overtime period and appeared to suffer that ankle injury or to have it further aggravated because he's been dealing with ankle injury throughout the course of the year. And while he's saying that he avoided suffering something that thought uh, something he thought was going to keep him out for an extended period of time, he has missed now one game with that high ankle sprain. So on the whole, you know, it's gone okay. Like the, the results for Levis have not been great. They've been solid. They've been fine. They can improve. Uh, and I think that they have, you know, it's it's also hard to kind of suss through because the team that he starts for is broken. Like, there is no disputing that the Tennessee Titans are a broken franchise and that they have no business out there. I mean, they do have business just because they have two more weeks left to play, but they really have no business competing on an NFL field, even though 11 of these games have been decided by eight points or less, one score or less, and they have come up short in seven of those 11 games. So they've been pretty broken throughout the course of the year, and Levis is the bright spot. So what you see from him, well, first I want you to hear from him in his own words, because I know a lot of you guys have been arguing back and forth, and a lot of you continue to argue back and forth about the viability of playing him whatsoever. But Will Levis, speaking at the podium earlier today with uh, the Titans Media Vultures, including um, all of our good friends, was asked about wanting to get out there and how it's been to be sidelined in all of these. Yeah, I think it's tough to come back to the field and, and play with a different energy, like knowing that you're you're hurt. Like it's hard to play differently and, and have that in the back of your mind. It, it, you, I feel like you can't play that way. You know, you, you got to be able to just go full tilt um, regardless of what's going on or else you get yourself and your teammates hurt. So, um, you know, there's pain. Everyone's got pain at this point in the season. Everyone's dealing with something. Uh, you kind of just got to put it behind you and, and play as if you're not hurt. 
How much have you been able to, I guess, learn week over week, just being a rookie in this league? And how much does that, I guess, like make you itch to get back that much more of like, what could I be learning? How could I be growing in these games? Yeah, I think a lot of the growth I've made has just been through mistakes and, you know, good things I've done on the field and just with the mistakes, trying to limit them and not have them pop up again. I've done a decent job of that, I think. So seeing the growth from week to week is exciting. And then to miss out on that growth for a week um, is disappointing. But um, like I said, these two weeks are really, really important. We want to get these wins and, and get out of this season, you know, feeling, feeling good about how we finished it and, and on an uptrend going into next year. Um, and for me, that's important with me and my game. But just got to continue trusting my process and uh, take advantage of the rest I get. So that's Will Levis speaking earlier today. A to Z Sports Prime Time is presented by TrueMath Fitness in the Gulch. Go to TrueMathFitness.com for your first workout free. As a Middle Tennessee resident, no better place for you to get the best version of you. Don't wait until the new year. Go to TrueMath Fitness right now and try it out for yourself so that when you're ready to make your New Year's resolution about going to the gym, that you do so in the best way possible, that you've done the research, that you found the best place for you, and the best place for you is TrueMath Fitness, whether it's the group fitness classes, personal training, or just the access to their awesome facility in downtown Nashville in the Gulch. Go to TrueMathFitness.com for more information. So you hear Levis talk there about growth and improvement and things of that nature. So after half a season, he's played eight games, made eight starts. The Falcons game looks like the outlier, doesn't it? The Falcons game looks like the thing that is the most abnormal result for a rookie quarterback on a shitty roster fighting his way through. That he was able to come out so spectacularly once at the bar incredibly high for him and got Titans fans excited, got media excited. Oh my God, if they're going to suck, at least they've got a quarterback that we can talk about. But for the most part, it's been, you know, mixed results and that's fine. He's a rookie. Like they don't all have to look like CJ Stroud, right? The, 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 the numbers on Manning are infamous, right? He led the league in interceptions, his first couple of years in the league, uh, Patrick Mahomes wasn't inserted into the lineups, all these different things, all these different examples of quarterbacks who were thrown into the fire out of the gate, who failed, who succeeded, who, you know, were all different kind of situations. And Will Levis is in a bad situation trying to make the best of it. And I do think that he's made the best of a bad situation, even though he's not been perfect by any stretch of the imagination. So some numbers from ESPN. Uh, he attempts the deepest average pass in all of football, does Will Levis. So that is evidence that even though a lot of the criticism about the Titans game planning or offensive play calling has been conservative, that they're pushing the ball down the field when Will Levis is available for them to do so. But he's only completing 59% of his throws. He also has the third highest, and this is courtesy of Bill Barnwell, the third highest rate of off-target throws for any quarterback. That's not good. Now, the offensive line is horrendous, wretched, awful. Whatever descriptor you want to use, they're shitty, and they are going to be different next year. And I know they were different this year, and you thought that different meant better. Different doesn't always mean better, as you've just learned throughout the course of your 2023. Because he's been sacked on 9.5% of his dropbacks, which is the fourth worst mark in all of football. Uh, quarterbacks are really getting the ball out pretty regularly, 
but Levis's average sack time comes after just 4.1 seconds, which is the third quickest rate for any passer in football. Again, Bill Barnwell doing well to provide these numbers. So the offensive line choices were horrendous. The offensive line, even the choices that they made were bad. And now what's left is even worse. Levis can't survive long-term taking sacks at this rate. We know this. But ultimately, I think that he himself can also improve. Now, he's going to have plenty of opportunity. He'll be able to do so behind a, uh, one would think, a better offensive line next year. I don't know whether it's going to be a better offensive line next year. I think if, you, if you'd have told me that there had been a worse offensive line this year, I'd have laughed in your face. But I came into training camp watching this offensive line, and I'm like, oh, oh, no, they're not actually better. And that's before they put the pads on. Arden Key is just out here kicking everybody's ass. And Arden Key is... You know, he's a fun guy and he's uh he's an entertaining dude, but he's he's not like he's not Miles Garrett, he's not Jadavion <laughs> he's not this year's Jadavion Clowney, Titans legend, because this year's Jadavion Clowney and Titans legend Jadavion Clowney are two very, very different stories. But Miles Garrett, TJ Watt, you know, the normal names that you associate with the best pass rushers in football, Arden Key is not that. And the Titans defensive line was kicking the shit out of the offensive line all summer long. Uh A to Z Sports Primetime is made possible by the people who are there. To speaking of fight, fight for you. Wherever justice demands, Amanda J. Gentry is there to fight for you. Go to amandajgentry.com. Understand more about what it is that they offer, the constitutional rights that you may be that you may feel are being threatened, how they can protect your constitutional rights, and just understanding the level of commitment and passion and fight that they bring to your case. Wherever justice demands, Amanda J. and her team mean it. That's why they've practiced in Tennessee family and criminal courts in 35 counties in the state of Tennessee. Go to AmandaJGentry.com for more information about the people who will fight for you. Okay. So as you look at as you look at all those numbers that Bill Barnwell dug up on Will Levis and what it kind of means about him, it means that he's got a lot of room for improvement. It means that he has to play in these last two games because he needs to improve on a variety of different things. You may say it's impossible to, for him to improve behind this offensive line group. Don't care. Figure it out. Like, that's the nature of the NFL. Produce. You, uh, th- there are many of you will use the offensive line situation as a valid explanation for why it is that you shouldn't put him back out there. And just as many of you, if he still struggles next year, for example, will call the offensive line blaming an excuse and start to shift your blame to the quarterback because that's how professional sports work. Now, you may deny this right now. You may say, oh, we'd never do that. Never, never, never. I've seen this cycle too many times, and I've only been here for seven. This is only my seventh season, and I've already seen you do it to two quarterbacks. I'm not saying you're wrong for it. I'm just saying that's how sports work. So uh, right now it's being used as an explanation. We are not very far away from it being uh, being lambasted as an excuse he's got to be able to get results he's got to be able to produce he's been able to do so in spurts Miami is a great moment for him Atlanta is a great moment for him beyond that the defense has to also make stops against the uh against the Texans the way that they were unable to against the run against the Colts, the way that they were unable to against the passing game in overtime, away against the Seahawks. I know Levis didn't play that game, but Tannehill and Henry did enough to get the lead with 321 left, and the defense let them march 14 plays, 80 yards down the field, score a touchdown that uh, Tannehill with 57 seconds left wasn't able to overcome. So with that being said, 
Levis needs to be better. The only way that Levis can be better is to improve upon those things. I'd like to see him make better decisions. I'd like to see him make better decisions. I know it's tough behind this offensive line. I know I'm asking a lot. I'm really not asking that much. I'd like to see him make better decisions. Off-target throws, accuracy is something that was a problem for him coming out. Uh, uh, Consistency with his accuracy was something that was a problem for him coming out. We've seen that vary already the pros. Whether he can get a handle on it or not is going to define his NFL career. Nobody is defining him after eight starts. Um, But, you know. I think that we can start to have an idea of what this guy is going to be able to do or not do. And while these two remaining games will not determine that one way or the other, they can give you a more full picture about where he needs to improve. And if you're going to do it, do it against the teams that you're going to see twice a year, the Jags and the Texans anyway. He needs to learn these teams. He needs to learn their personnel. He needs to learn their defenses. And that is exactly what he will have the opportunity to do when likely and if Probably he's able to start against the Texans. And after that, against the Jags, we'll see. Speaking of the AFC South, who's the best team in the AFC South right now? We're going to talk about it together on the show. Right after I remind you that the primetime program is presented by Zen Sports. Download the app, plug in the promo code ATOZTN. Get up to $1,000 on your no danger first wager. If you are so successful with your Zen Sports play, you can be entered to win or compete in their VIP program, which is invitation only. You can, if you're feeling that your Zen Sports play is up to par, you can submit your consideration to be invited for all the VIP program and all the different perks and comps that it includes. Zensports.com slash VIP. Terms and conditions do apply. Gambling problem? Call the Tennessee Red Line. 1-800-889-9789. Must be 21 or up in Tennessee to bet. Who's the best team in the AFC South right now? It's it's a pretty big crapshoot. There's a lot of bad football going around. Uh, Greg Cosell and I were talking about uh, the AFC South, given that the Titans and the Texans will play and that all three of the other teams are 8-7 and seven and the Jags looking pretty mortal, especially with injuries to Trevor Lawrence. The Jags are the biggest frauds of any AFC contender, quote-unquote. The Jags are still the division leader, but the Jags are the team that you feel the worst about. Don't feel great about the Chiefs. Feel better about the Dolphins. And then, of course, in the AFC North, the Ravens are probably the best team in football, or at least they beat the team that we all thought was the best team in football, and maybe they'll be the best team in football until they play Miami. And then if Miami beats them, we'll talk about the Dolphins as the best team in football because this is the way this shit works. But I wanted to kind of hone in on Trevor Lawrence with Greg today, and you can check out the full episode of the install on 104.5 The Zone's YouTube channel. You can like the video and subscribe there as well. We would be grateful for you if you did. You can also get my radio show there for three hours a day from 10 to 1. And so understanding that Lawrence is injured and played through injury and is tough as all hell, he's out there fighting through it. Not many people would get a high ankle sprain and say, yes, sign me up to play Miles Garrett and the Browns the next week. And Trevor Lawrence did. Now, if I memory serves, that was one of the four games that they lost in this four game slide, but still, you know, the toughness matters. So Greg and I talked about Trevor Lawrence and the season that he's having on this week's episode of the install. How about the other team in the AFC South? You know, unfortunately, it's been a little bit of a lost year for Trevor Lawrence. Um, ton of injuries. You know, it's hard to know with those injuries if, you know, how they've affected him. You know, we're not him, but it's been, you know, he has been very up and down in his play. Missed some reads, hasn't seen it as clearly as he did last year over the last whatever number of games when he played exceptionally well. Um So, again, you know, we're not in his head nor in his body, so we don't know how he's affected. I mean, obviously, 
guys want to play. He's proven how tough he is. He does not want to sit out. That's a good thing. I mean, this is the NFL. Guys do have to play when they have, you know, injuries or, or whatever it may be. Um, but, you know, he just has not played at, at the same level he did a year ago, which I don't think means he's not a good quarterback, Buck. I want to make that clear. Right. I just think it's been one of those years. You know, don't forget they've lost some offensive linemen too. Um, you know, the left tackle position has been a little bit in flux. They were playing with a rookie right tackle who, for the most part, had a decent year, but I think he's hurt now. Um, Anton Harrison, I don't know if he's going this week. So, you know, I think that, you know, there's just been, and of course they lost Kirk, which seems to be a bigger loss than one might have thought it would be, but it seems to be a big factor. Say Jones didn't play last week. I don't know his status for this week. It's just been, you know, a lot of things have not gone right. Now that's the NFL. These things do happen, you know, and, you know, they're, they're not looking for sympathy or excuses, but, you know, these are just the realities of life. Yeah, uh, it's it's a harsh reality in the NFL. Yeah. You're 8-3, you're and three and all of a sudden you're 8-7, and seven, and that's where the Jags currently sit. Um, from, from one, I don't, don't want to call it, it's disappointing to see the way that things have played out for Trevor Lawrence. And I think everybody would like to, you don't need to hear more of me rambling, that's what this show is for. You can check out the rest of the podcast where we talk about Ryan Tannehill, where we talk about, uh, Jalen Duncan getting benched for Andre Dillard and what that means for the viability of the offensive line group moving forward. We also spent some time on Dylan Radens um, and talked about the Ravens and Dolphins game because, of course, that's the biggest game of the weekend. So with that being said, the best team in the AFC South right now is probably the Texans if C.J. Stroud is right. But the biggest variable there is, of course, and unfortunately, his health, uh, his his concussion situation. Now, he seems on track to play. Sounds like he responded positively after missing two games. With the concussion, that's not good news for you, but it's good for fans of football. And of course, I think every—I mean, uh, Titans fans are not rooting for, are not rooting for um, Lawrence or Stroud or Minshew or Richardson when he's out there. But as objective fans of football who don't care, you know, who don't care which team uh, wins or loses on any given week, other than you want to see good games. Like Greg and myself are talking from that perspective. I want to see CJ Stroud perform exceptionally. I want to see him continue. I want to see Will Levis perform. I want to see the best quarterback. I want to see the best quarterback play humanly possible at any given moment. And that's tougher to do in December in week, what are we, in week 17 when all the quarterbacks are broken and even worse, all the offensive linemen in front of them are broken, which further breaks the quarterbacks and now all the backups are playing. So. I would say that Stroud and the Texans, which is crazy, are the team that I feel the best about the AFC South, but the Jags are super fraudy. Titans are just, I mean, Titans are bottom five football team in the sport right now. And the Colts, while they've found ways to make it work and won more games than they've lost, Gardner Minshew is still not an asset that I would trust um, on a recurring basis, and he has been out there for so long at this point, starting since week uh, since week six for them uh, when Richardson got hurt in week five against the Titans. I don't know how you could argue for any team but the Texans right now in the division. Now we'll see. They're all 8-7, so a lot of weird shit could happen at the end of the year. Titans end with the Jags, Colts end with the Texans, so somebody's going to come out of this mountain of... <laughs> whatever you want to call this, this, uh, uh, just, you know, call it what it is. The AFC South perpetually a shit show. So 
That leaves us with rising and falling before we wrap things up and let you enjoy what's left of, uh, if you're watching the National Predators this evening, Preds have a game uh, that's been going on. I've been watching bowl games all day, it feels like, in the SEC with Texas A&M getting their bowl game underway this evening as well. Uh, I believe, no, that's not the Pop-Tarts Bowl. We have to wait until Thursday at a quarter quarter to five for the Pop-Tarts Bowl so we can see an edible mascot, which will be great fun. But rising and falling, whose stock rose, whose stock fell this week in sports. We'll talk about it together right after I remind you that primetime is made possible by the Ashton Real Estate Group of REMAX Advantage. Go to GaryAshton.com, get your dream address without the stress. Get the Intel edge you need to succeed, courtesy of the Ashton team. They're the best in the business. They are the official real estate agent of the Nashville Predators. Go to GaryAshton.com. So, who stock rose? Who stock fell this week in sports? Big news in the state of Tennessee. Nico Iamaliava. His stock is rising. And I don't just say that because I knew how to pronounce his name right off the bat. That's not true. I had to learn very slowly, very carefully, and also with help from Nico Iamaliava, who put out a, an informative video on the Tennessee Athletics social media accounts. What up, y'all? I'm Nico Iamaliava, and uh, the, the correct way to pronounce my last name is... Uh, Ia Male Ava. Nico Ia Male Ava. Not too deep. Real easy. Phonetic spelling or phonetic pronunciation. Very simple for uh, everybody involved. Nico Ia Male Ava, who will start the Citrus Bowl. That news broke, I think, like 20 minutes before the radio show started today. But Nico will be the starting quarterback for the Vols in the Citrus Bowl. Joe Milton will be and is in Orlando where they will play the Citrus Bowl uh, at Camping World Stadium and is preparing for the NFL draft. We'll continue to do so, but wanted to be there uh, in his hometown for his teammates. You know, we were recklessly speculating on the radio show today that was it Milton's choice uh, to not play in this game or did Josh Heupel go to Milton and say, hey, we'd like to see Nico. We understand that you want to get ready for the draft. This could be a win-win situation. I would think that Nico, or excuse me, I would think that Milton would want to play in front of his family. I know he's going to have a bunch there, but uh, the results for Nico stock up for Milton. I don't want to say stock down. Nothing's happened to him that would indicate a stock down other than, you know, I said on the radio show today, it's nothing personal against Joe Milton. I'm good with the Joe Milton experience. I don't need to see any more Joe Milton football. I would like to see Nico. I don't know what it's going to look like against the Iowa Hawkeyes defense. It's one of the best in the sport. But if they can do anything, if they can score a touchdown, they can probably win the game in the Citrus Bowl with Nico at quarterback. So you have Dylan Sampson uh, back there. You have a lot of young guys. Uh, what's it? Uh, what's the other one's name? Cam Seldon, uh, the other running back, I believe, if I'm not uh, misremembering. The Vols running back depth chart. You'll have the veteran offensive line group out there. And uh, we'll see how the uh, five-star freshman manages the situation. It'll be fun. So stock up Nico. That's going to do it for us tonight. We appreciate you guys hanging out. Harold Landry's on the radio show tomorrow. That'll be fun. Uh, we'll talk to Harold about C.J. Stroud. We'll talk to Harold about the year that this defense is having and how he's managed the situation, his health without Jeff. Um, he's kind of like – him and Derek are kind of like the last old head standing in that locker room, if I can uh, – yeah, pretty much. I mean, I guess, yeah, Monty Hooker's on injured reserve. Jeff Simmons on injured reserve. A lot of the roster was turned over anyway. Tannehill, I guess, is still out there fighting for it, so – Yeah, Tannehill, Henry, and Landry, that's basically the list of players that you're intimately familiar with that have been with this franchise for a period of time and that are out there still trying to get it done for a five-win football team. So Harold will be on the radio show at 12.15 tomorrow. Uh, We'll talk more about Will Levis and his circumstance. We'll get into some C.J. Stroud stuff. It'll be fun. So come hang out with us 
from 10 to 1 on 104.5 The Zone, and I will see you guys tomorrow. This is our cult. This is our team. We bleed blue. This is our cult. Whether win or lose, we love them. For the shoe, beat the Titans. Let the world hear us now. This is our team. Go Colts.